Welcome back to Clay, the podcast for men, greatestly leading, aspiring to always yearn for more Jesus. This is uh, the podcast for Christian men to come together, uh, get some uh, food for thought, uh, and turn around and engage with other men in conversation, uh, whether that be uh, a discipleship-like conversation, brother to brother, whatever that may be uh, for for you to grow and to uh, think and to uh, yearn more for Jesus and also to creatively lead. So uh, we're talking about a topic that everybody's tired of, or at least says that they're tired of talking about, and that is masks versus unmasks in church. And yes, I, I intentionally use that uh, verses in the title here, but I do not think that this should be a uh, us versus them mentality in our conversations as it has become. I think that, that was the uh, first misstep in the church, uh, at least in uh, our geographic location here in the Pacific Northwest. I know for many of you listening, uh, actually, you haven't had to deal with uh, a mask mandate for quite a while. Uh, you've been living in a different uh, world, uh, it seems, and uh, that is awesome. That is uh, a and, and very interesting uh, perspective uh, when we have uh, this country in particular, uh, 50 uh, 50 states, uh, 50 governors, and uh, a different mentality across the board uh, about uh, things of health and things uh, that, uh, that come down from the government mandates and rulings and such. So here, even in the Pacific Northwest, most of the mandates are scheduled to be lifted uh, in the next month or so. So what do we have left to talk about, you may be asking or you may be questioning? And this is this is the aspect of uh, this last couple of years that has actually been the most frustrating for, for many people. And it's not the fact that uh, they've had to wear a mask or abide by certain rules and social, social distancing and guidelines and all that. It's the fact that uh, we've seemed to have really uh, lost our ability to have uh, quality, constructive conversations. And uh, seeing that happen in the church in many regards has been a, a, an incredible problem to to now uh, either sweep under the rug and pretend like uh, it never happened as uh, mandates are lifted, or we could uh, try and actually learn from some of these lessons. I have uh, a number of friends who uh, go to churches that are uh, outside of uh, the church that I go to, different churches, and they have struggled with a similar thing that we've struggled with, and that is uh, communication to uh, the congregation as to what is uh, the right thing to do or what makes sense or the biblical stance for uh, what we should should and shouldn't do. And personally, I think that we should offer one another quite a bit of grace here. Many of us have never had to deal with uh, such a thing or such uh, decisions to be made. And I think we should also uh, help one another learn from these last couple of years and make a plan for how we're going to move forward because it's more than likely going to repeat itself. History does, and uh, with uh, what is currently going on, it seems that history may repeat itself uh, more rapidly. So the the question being, how how are you poised to handle uh, such intrusion by the government into the way that you worship, uh, the way that you live, and also what do you do when the government uh, mandates something that may or may not be scientifically accurate, proven, uh, or may actually be uh, more have more negative consequences than positive consequences. And what do you do at that point when it comes to your faith and behaving uh, peaceably as a Christian ought to do? So the question for many uh, is whether or not you can uh, say not wear a mask peaceably and and go against a government mandate as you gather to 
worship or as you go to the grocery store or whatever that may be. And I, I totally think that uh, you can. I don't think you need to make a big scene about uh, not wearing a mask, and I don't necessarily think that's uh, uh, complicit behavior is is the peaceable option there. Uh, I also don't know that that's the most loving option at the end of the day. And the problem is many of us feel similarly, but uh, are not willing to have a conversation, not willing to engage with those uh, decision makers, and are not willing to uh, actually go beyond what uh, seems to be the surface level aspects of uh, these uh, these mandates or these events. We look at something uh, as a uh, government mandate, and we take uh, a passage out of Romans, and we call it call it the end of the day. We call it good. Maybe we'll throw in a passage out of First Peter uh, for good measure. And there's a there's, there's a big difference between uh, d- deliberately disobeying and causing upheaval and, and uproar, uh, as opposed to uh, peaceably uh, protesting, you might say, as uh, as has been proven in the last couple of years as uh, to be totally totally acceptable, even if you are uh, peaceably protesting, burning down buildings and such. But that's a podcast for another time. This one here uh, is also not meant to be a uh, here's why you shouldn't wear a mask, here's why you should wear a mask. I want to uh, take this conversation and, and move, uh, move move the chains a bit, move the ball down the field as we talk about uh, what's next, uh, how can we uh, how can we come back from this, how can we adapt, and how can we have uh, better conversations in the future about such things. For many of us, at the beginning of this uh, COVID era, our churches shut down for a few weeks uh, to see what was going on, uh, along with the rest of the world. Uh, much of the world uh, paused and uh, took a few weeks off and uh, waited to see uh, what what COVID was, what it did, and uh, how it affected people. And then uh, as soon as the statistics started to turn out, uh, numbers started to turn out, uh, it was pretty clear that uh, COVID itself was a 99% survival rate virus, and uh, we panicked anyway. So uh, the, the question, uh, of course, is uh, in that very moment, uh, as you start making decisions, uh, you start uh, guiding yourself a certain way, depending on uh, your government's organization and what they've said and uh, what you can or can't do. So then as a church, uh, you're left in the spot of uh, disobeying right away such mandates or abiding by and uh, moving on to virtual church which is uh, and has been a, a huge, uh, just a problem for uh, the Christian church in the last couple of years. People uh, like convenience, people like the ease of uh, virtual church, yet uh, that's not how we're meant to gather, that's not how we're meant to be with one another, and that's not at all, uh, that's not at all how the church grows. Uh, you might have a better reach, uh, but personally, uh, when it comes to relationship and uh, developing that relationship not only with uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, but also uh, your relationship in a worship setting. Uh, this is uh, no way to do it from home through a screen uh, while your pastor is preaching to an empty room. It's just no way to do it. But the uh, the the chain of decision making had had started, and uh, at that point, uh, where many churches failed, is that they didn't have a broader conversation about uh, the, the future ramifications of the decisions that were being made. Uh, and this is uh, something I, th- I think we can come back from this. I think we can learn from this. I think that uh, we can uh, have a better plan for how to navigate such times in the future, as uh, we should expect that these times should repeat themselves in the future. 
one in, in one way, shape, or form. And so how do we as a church lead and guide congregationally? How do we lead and guide one another? How do we work together to uh, have productive, constructive conversations as opposed to a uh, this versus that mentality? And I highlight that this versus that mentality because for many of us, this became a political thing, not even a, a faith-bearing decision. This became a, uh, a left side versus right side. This became a I need to do this to uh, appease the masses sort of a thing. And our job has never been to make people happy, and it's never been to necessarily fit in with the world. In fact, Jesus teaches us uh, to keep in mind that if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. Uh, we are to be in the world and not of the world. And yet, uh, it is remarkably easy to look just like the world if it means that uh, there's going to be less conflict and less disagreement in your life. After all, our lives are so busy, why would we want to add any sort of conflict or uh, conversation that could make us feel uncomfortable? And the issue with this line of thinking is that it's a dangerous line of thinking. If you're not willing to face issues uh, head-on and discuss them and, and really uh, walk through them, especially for our kids' sake, our kids are watching. They're watching how we make decisions. They're watching how we think. They're watching how we uh, fill our cup and what we fill it with. Uh, they're watching the lenses that we uh, look through, and they're also uh, watching the, the the aftermath of the decisions that we're making, uh, mostly because they're experiencing it. We also have to think about the fact that uh, there's always there's always long term consequences uh, to our decisions. Some decisions, the long term consequence is you know a week away. Some of it, it's years away, and so the question being, what long term consequences will we have to face? with the decisions that we have made now, today, and in the last couple of years. The first thing we need to highlight here is fear. Fear of uh, what? That's going to vary depending perhaps your geographical location, your political atmosphere, or even just uh, your your persuasion in, in, in health or, or whatever it may be in this instance anyway. Fear itself uh, is, is, a, is an emotion, is a, is a feeling that uh, can uh, protect us. It can keep us from harm. It can uh, trigger our fight or flight response. And uh, it's not necessarily uh, the, the worst thing to consider. Uh, being fearful of uh, what? That's the question. Being fearful to what extent? Uh, that is also the, the question to consider. At what point uh, does your fear cloud your judgment? Does what, at what point does fear uh, move you off of the path moving towards Jesus and onto a path moving towards solutions provided to you by the world. Not that we should uh, be cavalier about our, our life and our health decisions. I'm actually against being cavalier. I think our issue is that most people are cavalier on a day-to-day -day basis in uh, multiple other ways, from diet to exercise to uh, what you put in to your, your mind, through your habits, to uh, what you expel and how you entertain yourself. I think that uh, we're making far more cavalier decisions in our day-to-day -day life than we even realize. And so uh, for, for me, when somebody's not wearing a mask in the grocery store, I don't look at them as though they are cavalier. I look at them as though they're making a decision to not wear a mask in the grocery store. And that's that. That's the end of the story. In fact, uh, they're probably somebody who is worth talking to, to be honest, because I can see their whole face and their facial 
uh, reactions. So uh, I, I personally prefer to see people's faces. When it came to quarantine and isolation and the fear of uh, catching a 99 plus percent survival virus, uh, we, we behaved in fear. We behaved in fear in many aspects. Uh, we, we made decisions. We ordered our groceries, went and picked them up. We talked to as few people as we possibly could. We spent as little time with people as we possibly could. We uh, isolated and pushed away family members uh, because we had a reason to now. Uh, so we got to skip out on some holidays that we didn't want to go to in the first place, which uh, could have been a benefit for some. Uh, I know in my family, it's uh, it was a negative overall. And uh, I, w- I wonder uh, how many of those decisions uh, were not necessarily made because the government said so, but because we decided that it was the best thing personally. I hope, I hope that for people you were making decisions based on what you truly believed uh, and what you had researched and what you understood to be true, not what's, uh, what was presented to you or mandated necessarily. Where many churches missed the mark on this issue is that uh, it wasn't talked about. It was left to uh, be deciphered on uh, by, by families. It was left to be uh, mold over and worked through in the family atmosphere without uh, without it really being presented in that in that way, and that's and that's okay. Uh, I mean that that's okay if, if uh, the encouragement and the, uh, the the presentation and the challenge is is there for for men and women to come together and uh, work through this as a family and how you're going to uh, how you're going to parent your children through such a time and uh, that's I mean that is that's quite all right. And then we got back to church and there's all these rules and, and mandates and regulations uh, that we were uh, following and many of which just didn't make sense. I could go to a restaurant and as long as I wore my mask to the table, I was safe and I was keeping everybody else safe, but I could take my mask off for the duration of the meal and uh, eat my meal and, and do what I need to do there and uh, get up and leave and uh, put my mask on as I walked out the door and I was protected according to uh, the guidelines presented to us, but I couldn't wear a mask to my seat in uh, in the worship center or your sanctuary or wherever that may be to sit down and uh, enjoy a sermon, uh, to enjoy some worship and such. Uh, I, I I couldn't uh, uh, do that, remove my mask for that part of uh, the service, and then get up and put my mask back on and leave. I, those that wasn't okay because uh, COVID could still get you or get somebody else. And I, and I know there's uh, a lot of nuanced argument there that uh, some would bring forth. Well, there's a quantity of people, there's this, there's that. Granted, I've been in some restaurants that are pretty busy and uh, survived, thankfully. So uh, again, there, there's there's some questions as to uh, how uh, we, we decipher information and how we lead and then how we uh, lead our uh, congregations and, and our people uh, that, that we're responsible for. What, uh, what actions are we making at a, a higher level of leadership within our churches that are uh, impacting the way that decisions are made at home and the way that conversations are had at home? Those are the questions that uh, I, I, I'm personally concerned that we're not discussing and that as mandates lift, that we will uh, let it go by the wayside and not return to and not uh, work through these things. You can't uh, expect everybody to be happy with the decisions that you make in any leadership role. 
That's part of why uh, leadership is is honestly for a select group of people. Uh, not that uh, everybody doesn't have the ability to lead. You absolutely do. And uh, you are responsible to lead, uh, at the very least, yourself. Uh, and if others have been blessed in your life, uh, to um, uh, if you've been blessed with others in your life, uh, then you are responsible for leading by uh, not only example, uh, but uh, what in, in what you do, but also what you say. Uh, there should be some uh, perspectives that you take there. Now, are churches uh, leaving that to families to discuss and to uh, work through? I, again, uh, I'll emphasize that. I think that's I think that's a great thing, and I think that you need to communicate that. The issue is uh, if your uh, mandates and rules and what you have said and statements that you have or have not made as a church uh, go to uh, requiring certain things, then you're going to face conflict in the fact that uh, there could be a, a group of uh, families uh, at your church that disagree with you. And are you welcoming that conversation? Are you welcoming that engagement? Uh, are you presenting why you're making the decisions that you're making or not? And this is an issue that I saw in many, many churches. I had many friends that I've talked to over the last couple of years who have dealt with the same thing where there hasn't been a uh, level of communication from those that are, are, are making these decisions for a church gathering uh, within our churches uh, that has been uh, accessible and reachable by congregants so that they can then uh, choose whether or not they're in alignment or work through that as families. Instead, it's been uh, quiet and we'll just kind of see how this goes and we'll ride this out while uh, our families at home are wrestling with uh, what they agree with and disagree with, uh, potentially losing their jobs for not making uh, a, a decision that uh, they really weren't comfortable making in the first place. And there's all sorts of uh, strife in the world uh, that uh, just isn't isn't getting talked about, wasn't getting talked about, and, and was getting left up to interpretation. And then people were coming back to in-person services and getting back together and trying out new churches and uh, trying to find a home where they could find uh, someone who was leading and had similar values and, and demonstrated that, but also followed through with uh, allowing for that personal freedom that you were uh, encouraging by lack of direction at, at home to actually manifest itself at at, uh, at church in, in the actions that uh, everybody took gathering together. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you want to sit distance from everybody else, then, then do that. There's plenty of space. There's uh, multiple services in many churches, and uh, and and there's a whole nother whole whole nother theological debate on on that, of course. But uh, there's a, a lot of personal decisions and personal freedom that we could allow people to have that uh, we remove when we post certain signage and uh, and and don't communicate uh, why or reasoning behind it in a uh, full and uh, and well thought out manner. In the interest of not uh, talking for hours on this issue, uh, again, this should be a conversation that you are having today, uh, that you're having with uh, your, your brothers in Christ as you're moving forward and uh, planning for and thinking about the future. Not in a uh, worry mindset, uh, mind you, but in just in a thoughtful, uh, critical uh, mindset. Think about the last couple of years, uh, what impacted you the most and uh, and how you want to or how you would uh, what you've learned uh, from that experience, how you would change, etc. So uh, we, we've talked a, a little bit in this podcast now about uh, some of some of the issues that uh, that are, are to light, 
And uh, so now let's, let's, let's turn our attention to uh, the few things that we need to consider as we move forward. Uh, the first thing uh, that we need to consider as we move forward is uh, whether or not uh, a mandate, uh, a, a ruling uh, ha- that has undertones, that has uh, more to it, is one that we need to hop on the bandwagon for or one that we need to uh, really think critically about and, and decipher and, and, and work through the ramifications of such a mandate. So I'm going to continue using the masks as an example here, although there were many different mandates that happened in many different areas. One thing that uh, is incredibly frustrating for many people is that uh, we'll make a decision uh, based on the, uh, the, the, the guidance of somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about, and then uh, not think about the negative consequences of such a thing. Uh, in the mask instance, for example, your uh, KN95 mask, the boxes on them even say that, uh, that it does not pr- protect against coronavirus. Uh, the studies have maybe turned out a 10 to 15% uh, better protection rate with wearing a mask. So why not wear multiple, uh, maybe two, three, four, ten, whatever you want, to, whatever you want to do. And then there's uh, the uh, fact uh, that uh, kids uh, are hardly impacted by coronavirus at all and yet we're making them wear masks to play outside at recess. There's a, a, you can't look at that and just be like, oh yeah, that's normal, that makes total sense. There's uh, so many underlying factors there that uh, go uh, undiscussed when we look at an issue and go, it's us versus them. It's a, uh, it's a this side versus that side instead of having a productive conversation. There's a, uh, a serious concern for many as to how we even make decisions in the first place when uh, the, the, the ramifications of such are not even considered, the long-term consequences, uh, the fact that uh, social disorders and social uh, and mental health disorders and uh, depression and anxiety are through the roof, especially in our young people today. It's, it's no wonder when uh, we are uh, acting and behaving in fear of something that really shouldn't be feared, should just be thoughtful of and, and considered. Like uh, good hygiene, like how we would uh, wash our hands after you went to the bathroom anyway. Uh, there was uh, a huge advertising campaign in the Pacific Northwest early on for how to wash your hands. Okay, that's that's great. That's that's We all need to know how to wash our hands. That's fine. Then, then there's this, uh, this hype, right, around... Uh, around distancing and not seeing each other and being afraid of one another. We've had kids turn and run away from our two-year-old at the park because he's not wearing a mask, and they've audibly said so. Uh, There are people driving around in their cars today by themselves wearing a mask, and I just choose to think that they must have forgotten to take it off, but it is still so common, even at this point in 2022, that's, I have to just assume that they didn't take it off, and that's just it's something that they're accustomed to doing. There's uh, a lot of uh, people who uh, are, are wearing a mask who don't even know why they're wearing it anymore. And so there's this, this conversation that I, I just I haven't seen uh, good fruit of, and I haven't seen good evidence of a conversation really being had that goes beyond the initial, hey, it's this or it's this. It's wear a mask or it's not. Uh, I've seen very few conversations that go down 
uh, a little bit deeper to, hey, how's this going to affect our kids two, three years from now? How's this going to affect the way that we do church six months from now? How is this going to affect the way that we gather and the way that we trust one another, the way that we think about our own health decisions? Are there more negative consequences to uh, reaching up and touching your face over and over and over after you've touched everything else in a grocery store, for example, because you're adjusting your mask and making it work and fit around your face? Well, my mask only gets uh, mishandled and uh, adjusted on my face and comes down below my nose if I talk. So I'm just not going to talk in the store. I'm just not going to talk to people. I'm just not going to engage with other people. Are there negative uh, consequences to that? Well, absolutely. Especially if you uh, are believe in, uh, in, in your faith and you're actually a Christian who's living out your values and you're actually supposed to be uh, and you're actually engaging with people and having conversations, then yeah, yeah, that is an issue if you're just not talking for your own convenience so you don't have to adjust your mask. The reality is everybody's touching their face more. Everybody's putting their fingers on their mask more. Everybody's getting uh, all sorts of gunk and crud in their mask. And for a long time, people weren't even replacing the mask and washing them. Uh, they were just, uh, wearing the same old thing and until they stunk or whatever. Uh, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of uh, issues there that uh, go undiscussed because we get caught up in this. And, well, no, it's, it's this or it's this. It's masked or it's unmasked. And when somebody asks the question, well, what, what are the negative consequences of this? They're shut down. They're told that they're a conspiracy theorist. Or uh, they're, they're put in their place as, as though, hey, we have to do this because, uh, because the government said so. And I, I think that that deserves to be uh, discussed. It deserves to uh, have conversations. And I would encourage in uh, your life groups, in your friend groups, that you do discuss that if you have not. If you go a little bit deeper, and I don't mean uh, to have a debate at this point whether or not you should or should not be wearing a mask. I I would love to uh, hear more conversations about, well, how how are we going to handle this in the future if it comes up again? Let's say uh, another another virus or whatever happens, and it's uh, no more dangerous than coronavirus, but we respond 100% in the same way. Well, I, w- I would say we didn't learn uh, any lessons. I would say we haven't talked about it. We haven't developed a game plan or even a strategy around that. And you have to ask yourself, where where does this go? So the second uh, thing that I would uh, hope that gets brought up in your conversations is those long-term consequences and where is it going to go, in particular with our children, with our younger generations. There are many, many things that many kids have missed out on in the last couple of years that they've had uh, changed in their life rapidly, entirely. And uh, we're going to look back and we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to attest to the decisions that we made. We're going to have to give a a reasonable defense for these things. And for many, uh, many, for many of us, uh, I'm concerned that uh, the decisions that we made and our reasoning behind it for our kids is going to give us uh, less Uh, less of a a leg to stand on when it comes to uh, contesting anything that may come our way in the future. When you give up freedom, uh, it comes uh, in in little pieces that you you give it up. Rarely has any any culture ever not just given up all of their freedom day one. It's been a process. And in some, it's been a lengthy, bloody process. In others, it's been a longer, strategic, more thought-out process. You can take a look at the Soviet Union in the 90s. 
uh, you can take a look at uh, you can take a look at uh, uh, Germany and, and Nazi Germany. There's uh, examples within many of our lifetimes, in fact, that uh, you can look at and you can see systematically uh, where freedoms were taken piece by piece. So, uh, yeah, first thing, we should be having the conversation. Second, we should be going a little bit deeper than uh, understanding uh, uh, that it's a this versus this mentality, but it's uh, deeper than that. There's more to it. And then the third thing, uh, we, we need to consider long-term consequences, long-term effects to giving up our freedoms piece by piece, especially when they don't make sense, when there is a lot of reason to not. There's a lot of reason to consider that. And we need to have those conversations biblically, those conversations around how we understand uh, Scripture to, to guide us in, in that matter. At what point uh, does following a, a mandate uh, that brings on damage to our children. At what point is is that uh, outside of our our Romans thirteen interpretation? Uh, and I just bring up as one example of a conversation ending piece of scripture. Uh, and I I personally want to avoid that in my life as I'm talking with other brothers uh, as we're talking about decisions as we're talking about moving through life. I don't want to be somebody who brings up uh, one piece of scripture and just ends a conversation and doesn't and isn't willing to critically think about that and the context and, and the whole story of the Bible as one, and to uh, really have a conversation. I don't want to be a, a conversation ending, this is what it is, person. I want to be willing to engage here and work through this with my brother, just like I would in, in any aspect of Scripture. There are uh, little bits and pieces of verses that have been thrown against Christians for, for, for years by the atheist community, by the agnostic community, by others who, who want to take a scripture out of context and twist and turn it. And then uh, as, long as, it, uh, as long as it leads to a conversation, we're, we're okay with that because we're happy to uh, contest and, 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 and give an apologia and uh, go... Uh, head-to-head and debate somebody. Uh, We love debates. We love to see that happen. But then when it comes to something that uh, is as uncomfortable as this conversation, apparently, uh, we don't want to talk about it. We just want to turn to a a quick passage here and then not uh, listen to or think about uh, the other side of the issue at all because uh, we made it a left versus right sort of a thing. And uh, I don't know that left versus right sort of things should be uh, welcomed in, uh, in in the church and left at left versus right. Perhaps we should filter it through the lens of Scripture as a whole. And I know that many of, many churches are, are doing that. Many churches uh, will not uh, cater to left versus right thinking and uh, separating in, in these manners. But uh, how how did how did you guys do? How did your church do? That's the, that's just a question that I'm asking. Again, this entire podcast, this entire episode is not a, hey, this versus that, uh, you should or shouldn't be doing this. Uh, this is more a, a podcast directed at, how are we going to talk about this in the future? How are we going to have conversations about this in the future? How are we going to look back on uh, this time period uh, in five, ten years from now? What are we going to do if we have the opportunity to relive this? Hopefully we don't. Nobody wants that. Uh, but what if? What are you going to do? How are you going to talk about this to your kids? 
How are you going to explain to them decisions that you made and, and why? Do you fully understand that? And what are the long-term consequences of the decisions that we have made? We should be thinking through those, working through them, and being willing to engage and have true productive conversation about them. And so as we wrap up today, I hope that uh, at the very least a couple of things were brought up in this episode that you can have conversation about, that you can think about, and that you can take to uh, a brother or two and, uh, and dialogue. I hope that uh, if anything, uh, we are uh, thinking a, a bit more, a bit more intentionally about uh, our uh, behaviors and our thoughts and uh, our decision-making. And, and I hope that you got some value. If you got some value out of uh, this episode today, please uh, do not hesitate to share it. Uh, share it with somebody who uh, you think uh, this conversation is uh, important for. Uh, and uh, again, if you did not get any value, don't share it. Uh, that's that's uh, helpful for us to gauge uh, how often episodes are shared versus how often they're not as to what sort of content everybody is appreciative of and looking for. So uh, with that, I hope that you uh, have a great week. I hope that you're doing well, and we'll uh, see you again in a couple days.